Welcome to the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast, and thank you for being here because this podcast is designed just for you. We know that parenting takes a village, and we're here to help. Tune in while you're working, driving, even cooking, and we'll provide you with valuable information each episode to support you as a parent. North Seattle Cooperative Preschools are held at 12 different locations for ages infant to five years, plus a kindergarten class, online classes, and other community sites. And remember, we're always enrolling. Thanks for tuning in today. And now, here's your host, Tanya Hino. Welcome to Parenting Takes a Village. I am Tanya. My pronouns are she, her, ella. Our guest today is Shakira Ray Adams. Pronouns, they, them. I'm privileged that Shakira is here with us to talk about non-binary gender. For transparency, the topic of binary gender in my bias brain still a work in progress. I'm learning how to retrain my brain and I'm still making a lot of mistakes. In recording this podcast, I made mistakes calling Shakira she. Shakira was graceful and powerful in her compassion to my learning. Thank you, thank you. You may already know that every noun in Spanish is masculine or feminine. My brain goes there. This means that I need to retrain my brain. It's not an excuse. It means that I have a lot of work to do. I'm going to be actively training my brain and I can do it. If I can do it, everyone else can do it. I do not feel guilty for making these unconscious mistakes. I feel empowered and I want to do it right. I feel it in my heart that binary gender individuals belong and I want to do it right. I will be making mistakes in the process, but I will continue until my brain is trained. We will see in a year how my biased brain is doing. I cannot change anyone else, but I can change myself. Like Gandhi states, be the change you wanna see in the world. Shakira Ray Adams, non-binary, queer, solo, passionate about raising a non-binary child in empowerment and security. Shakira is a full-time student at North Seattle College pursuing their passion in medicine. Shakira believes parenting is a journey of one change after another, and at times challenging to keep up with. Our values are focused in social justice and equity actions, education, honesty, connection, and health. No matter what the challenge is, we can overcome any restrictions if it is our desire to do so. There is no perfection on parenting, and there is a point of doing enough. Cedar and I form connections through language, music, art, books, culture, nature, and imaginary play. There is a set of basic needs to fulfill for all humans, and then the world has vast possibilities to see that will be who they are, and that is good enough for me. Wow, beautiful, this is powerful. Welcome to Parenting Takes a Village, Shakira. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I'm coming to the podcast today because I find this topic personal to me and how I'm raising my child. We're both non-binary. I'm in school, full-time solo queer parents raising a baby. So I think that encapsulates a lot of what we're talking about today. Uh, I've done a lot of research on this topic as well as a lot of advocacy in multiple fields dealing with education, medical backgrounds, and just everyday life encountering different individuals throughout our day. It's intimidating to talk about non-binary genders, just like it's intimidating to talk about being an anti-racism 
because we don't want to make mistakes. Tell us a little bit more about this subject, please. So gender, there's a lot that we're still learning. So there's a lot of information that's coming out. We're breaking the system and changing the system that's been built for decades upon decades upon centuries. And so I think the biggest thing is if you don't know, asking a question respectfully, especially when it comes to someone's pronouns, don't assume because the outside doesn't always match the inside. And so I just want to take a second to identify that there's a difference between sex and gender. Perfect. So when someone is asked about their sex, it's the biological differences. So we're talking about genitalia, genetic differences, chromosomal differences. Yes. When someone is asked about their gender, that's the role of an individual in the society. Now, this role of the individual in the society <laughs> for many, many decades has yep. been binary. That's not the case anymore. So we are breaking out generation after generation of this male versus female. There's boy things, there's girl things, there's boy colors, there's girl colors <sighs> into like over 27 plus gender identities right now. So gender is being redefined as the concept of oneself and the yeah. social construct that they play within that society, not what society tells them who they are and how they need to be. And I think those two are the biggest differences that I see in our society day to day is they get gender and sex confused. So there's a very clear difference. Yes. Sex, you do not get to choose gender you do get to choose you do not have to identify with your sex you identify with your gender so for us we're non-binary it's been non-binary since before cedar was born that wow. i decided not to figure out the sex of the baby because mm. who cares yeah. the first thing that somebody asks you when you're pregnant are you having a boy or girl are you having a boy or girl i know why does it matter does your exactly. parenting change yeah <laughs> are you are you gonna parent differently if you have a girl or a boy okay so the gender comes to be a conscious decision of the parent to go i just need to be prepared yes but really are you prepared by knowing the sex of your baby you will not know the gender of your child exactly. until they're able to tell you who they are and how they would like to be addressed. So I can speak from personal experience because I use my child as a science experiment in the medical field. I'm like, okay, let's run some data and some experiments with my child and see if this is something that actually occurs or if this is a thought concept that I have in my own mind, mm -hmm. it's kind of telling the story. So what I do with Cedar, very few know their genitalia, know their yeah. sex. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I dress them in very gender neutral clothes. Mm -hmm. we, we are totally gender neutral across the spectrum, including our book, house to toys. And so in that aspect, I've run into society so many times as somebody will see Cedar and go, oh, she's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. that's linked to a physical appearance with them. Mm -hmm. And then somebody like 10 minutes later will go, oh, he's so strong. It's linked to strength. So again, our society has constructed these identities for a male or a female. If you are a female, you are domesticated. You are pretty. It's all about your physical looks. Mm -hmm. It's not about your brain. It's not about your capabilities. Mm -hmm. It's not about your goals and drive and passions in life. Mm -hmm. You have one role in society. Look good. Be pretty. Oh, if God. you're a boy, you're supposed to be strong and you're not supposed to have emotions and you bottle your emotions away. Nobody wants to see oh, that yeah. because you're weak. Yeah. And you provide and you do these certain things and you have specific careers. Boys yeah. aren't nurses. Mm -hmm. Girls aren't lawyers. And mm -hmm. so that's something that's really segregated in our society of if you genderize a child from the beginning, mm -hmm. it limits their choices. Yeah. And I've noticed with, granted, we're in a pandemic, so we haven't had a lot of external exposure with children. The limit that we have had, I've seen theater have the ability to explore beyond that box. So yeah. gender is a box that is checked 
checked for society to go, oh, now I know how to categorize you. Now, okay, now I can speak to you because you're you're a girl. So you're going to like girl things. You're going to like pink and you're going to like dolls and you're, you're going to like all of this caretaking stuff. Okay, you're a boy. You're tough. So I can roughhouse you and you love sports and you're going to like the color blue. Here's yeah. the thing. Toys and colors don't have a gender. Nothing in our society has a gender. Yeah. We as the people in the society genderize what makes us feel comfortable. Yeah. Humans don't like to be uncomfortable. So yeah. if they don't know something and have an answer for it, they're like, I don't know how to talk to you. Inclusivity, like yeah. inclusivity of all. Take away the gender and look at the individual as a human. Yeah. It is a human. Our structures are very, very similar. DNA structures are similar. The only thing that separates us is our sex. Yeah. And then beyond that, what you do in your cognition and how your neurons are forming, that develops on your experience. Yeah. So I think if we look at the individual as a human and ask questions, it's okay to ask questions, be respectful. The last thing someone wants to do is here is, are you a boy or a girl? Oh. Um, well, first of all, that's very offensive yeah. because that's like me asking you, do you have underwear on today? It's a personal <laughs> choice that you don't want to ask something so personal. So there's other ways to ask it of what pronouns do you prefer? Perfect. And then it leaves it open for individuals to say, oh, thank you for asking. You know, I, I prefer they, then theirs. What mm -hmm. are your pronouns? And then you can address someone. So I look at pronouns as if they're another extension of your name. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call you Robbie because yeah. I like the name Robbie and I think you look nope. like Robbie. Yeah. Right. That's disrespectful to call you that. I would expect someone to call me by my name. Correct. And use my pronouns. So again, that's an extension of who we are and how we identify in the world. We all have a place. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to have a place, we're all trying to be accepted and loved and just make a space for us in this world. Mm -hmm. And we do better if we work together than we do working against one another. Exactly. And it starts with kids. Yeah. It starts at the beginning. It it's starts no. at conception. There, there you go. That, that was my next question. When is it okay to start? Because, you know, this. Oh, I always say, uh, when do we speak to our kids about sex? Soon, soon. Let's, I mean, we don't talk about the, all the nitty gritty things that happens with sex, right? Basics is important. Same thing. When do we talk to our kids about racism? From the beginning, it's important. Yes. You have all this information. Same thing with it's yes. so important, so important from the beginning. The only reason as adults feeling comfortable, okay, and I'm still getting used to this, okay, is because we have been trained and brainwashed for so long and we have these biases that we're like, oh my God, if I accept this, then what next? Then what next, right? So it's really important that we, we respect each other really from the heart. And so what? how does it make you feel when people just assume or they don't use their pronouns? And why is it important to use our pronouns? <laughs> yes. So this started from the beginning for us. It's taken me 10 years to get pregnant with Cedar and it's been a really long journey. Uh, there's been a few losses in there as well. So there's been a lot of time to do some self-work for myself mm -hmm. as well as really be consciously aware of how I want to parent. Mm -hmm. And before Cedar what made home in my uterus, it was, okay, how am I going to address this child? What, what are the values of my life? What are the values that I want to bring into theirs? And personally, I didn't come from a family of origin that was supportive or educated or any of that. It was very toxic. They don't even know I had Cedar. So we've been separated for seven years. And that was a piece of my growing before bringing a child into this world of saying, okay, we're going to break the cycle. We're making a whole new cycle. I don't know how to do this. None of us know how to parent. There's no golden handbook for it. Nope. It's making mistakes. It's how do you want to parent? What, do, what kind of child would you like to influence? And what kind of opportunities would you like to make for this child?
child. Mm-hmm. So our journey started before ch- before Cedar was here. And so in that, I decided not to know the sex of the baby. Didn't mm-hmm. matter to me. I was growing a human. I just wanted to make sure they had functioning body parts. They were growing. They were healthy. That's all that mattered. Wonderful. And then it came once Cedar came, it was, it really got to me at first when people addressed my child as a certain gender. I was like, how dare you stick that label on my child and put mm-hmm. these expectations of society on them. And now you've now you've limited them into what they can do based on your yeah. expectations and your label you put on my child. That's not okay. Yeah. And I got really angry at first. And then I really dug deep and got into my advocacy for Cedar. Right. Of like, how can I advocate for this, this dependent, tiny human that I'm creating space for opportunity to grow and thrive in whatever direction they choose to become who they are. And so as now, as people come to me and they're like, oh, she's so pretty or he's so strong. Yeah. I just look at them and I, if they're not important to our lives, I don't address it. If there's someone that's important to our lives and that is in our circle, I will state, we use they pronouns. Their genitalia does not matter. We use they pronoun. And I just keep reinforcing that with them. Or I'll say their name is Cedar and we Mm -hmm. use their name. So anytime Cedar is addressed to an individual, it's, oh, hi, what is your name? Yeah. Okay. This is XYZ, your name. And you put Mm -hmm. it in there so that Mm -hmm. they learn to identify people for who they are and Mm -hmm. who they present themselves instead of what they look like, instead of what, you know, what society thinks you should be. Cedar is growing up in an environment where we're very non-biased as far as gender. Even in books that we read, I'll change the pronouns to he, she, they, and it's the same character. Well, we have the book read over and over, just using different pronouns to yeah. expose them. So exposing them before they're born, Wonderful. doing your work as a parent on how you would like to bring them into the world. And even though, yes, having a non-binary child is going against society, put that in quotes. Yes. That yes. It's, yes thank you. it's out of the box in quotes. Yes. Um, that's not the case anymore. So the more of us that stand up for this drive and this movement of non-binary yes. allows others to feel that aren't children that, oh, well, I can be non-binary and yes. I fit in yes. instead of this constant, I don't know where I fit in. I don't know yeah. what I do. Well, I can't do that. I can't go to that career yeah. because that, that's gender-based. Yes. So I, I think that's really important. I don't think there's too early of a time to start having a conversation with a child about gender. And I don't think there's a late time. If you have a teenager and they're asking questions, this is the opportunity to have that yeah. education moment to be like, these are great questions. Let's find a book. Exactly. If you don't relate to books, let's do an art project. Let's and, do some pictures. Yep. Anyways. And and if you feel uncomfortable, and if you don't have uh, you don't have enough knowledge to have a deep conversation, be honest with your child and say, look. I still feel uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean I'm not willing to learn and expand my mind. That does not mean, uh, and it's really important that we learn this together. And just let your child know how you're feeling, not that it's wrong or right, that how you're feeling and that you're processing this too. You're learning in the process, right? Uh, It's like if you're learning, you don't come out and learn about medicine and you're born in, oh, I'm a doctor, yay! (laughs) Right. Yeah, wow, right? You have have a process where you start learning, you don't feel comfortable, and you have that transition where you're, ooh, I'm gonna make a mistake, and having that fear is okay, and you will make a mistake, 
Absolutely. How do you want people to apologize if they make a mistake? Because I'm going to mess up. So yes. how, how do I apologize to you and make it genuine that I am working and I'm in a, I'm a working process in, yeah. in regards to this whole uh, binary and gender? And because I love that idea that we do not limit our kids to a certain, you know, what society wants us to be in. Because, yes, you're right. Who says that uh, boys can cry? Who says that if you're emotional as a boy, it's a bad thing, right? So it is really important that we don't label our kids boy, girl, because it's not just that. We have such a a spectrum. So how can they apologize and recover from the mistake and move on so that they can learn? Yes, I think that's a great question. Thank you for asking that question. And I think it comes from accountability. So being aware that these changes are something different from what you practice in your own life, just being aware that they're out there, it doesn't mean that you have to follow them. doesn't mean that you have to do them. It does mean that you have to respect them. And if you make a mistake, which we all do because we're human, that's how we're built is to make mistakes. That's how we learn is just to go, oh, you know what? You told me your pronouns are they, them. I'm really sorry. I just used she, her. I'm still learning at this. This is very new for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm in the process of reforming my language and trying to reframe things in my brain because that's not, that's not the environment that I I am used to. And so thank you. And if I, if I say the wrong pronouns again, please correct me. I'm open to that correction instead of that defensiveness of like, if someone were to use the incorrect pronouns for me, instead of me being like, I can't believe you just use those pronouns for me. What's wrong with you? Don't you know? Didn't you pay attention? Did you listen to me? What are you stupid? Yeah. That doesn't get us anywhere. It just escalates that dance up of like, it shames the other person. And as parents, we don't need any more shame and guilt. We don't have internal shame and guilt. That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We don't need that. It's just the accountability of, I see you. I hear you. I am going to make mistakes. I honor the person that you're showing up to be. And I'm willing to meet you where you are. Yeah. And I think another thing that our society gets so wrapped up into is this binary, like binary across okay. the spectrum. You have right, you have wrong, you have girl, you have boy, oh, yeah. you have, you know, you have this or that, this or that. That's that's so limiting. Yes. And that grabs us and that feeds into capitalism and social justice. That leads into the whole social justice and equity that exactly. we're seeing. Yes. So in order to practice social justice and equity and inclusion, you have to do it. You can't just talk about it and read about it. And you can gain that information that's helpful. You need to put it into practice, though. That's how we get better at something. That's how we retrain our brain. And so we're all going to make mistakes. That's okay. Yeah. Take accountability for it. Take responsibility for yourself. It's like learning a new language, I I have to say. Uh, And and it takes it takes process. Right. And and whoever practices and practices and makes mistakes and makes mistakes and you just say the wrong word and and you just keep making and, and here I am with this accent right you just have to continue doing it and you get better at it and and that's the thing is is training your mind to take a new route of how to view life right and that's what it is yes. you're gonna make a mistake be genuine don't blame the other person don't blame right. anything else it's your mistake it's your right. ma- you made it yes. right you, you have it yeah nobody put that word in say okay you're gonna say this now all right no right. it's my mistake if right. my mistake i have to own it and say i'm sorry and i will try to use day next time i keep training my mind Be yes. nice about it right we make mistakes we we fall and we get up just dust yourself and continue on it's okay. We all make mistakes, right? Absolutely. And I don't think we live 
in any kind of perfection. And that's what most of us have been brought up, except for the newer generations coming up. There's this perfection. You must attain this perfection. Guess what? There's no finish line to life. Like there's no line that you cross and go, woo, I did it. I'm there. It's just survival. So it comes back to what they taught us in education of Maslow's triangle of hierarchy of needs. You need that bottom layer of just shelter, food, water, sex, all of that. Yeah. Has before you can move up the triangle, if we don't have those needs met, there's no way that we can get to the self-actualization piece, which comes into the awareness of our surroundings. Exactly. Again, the accountability comes down at the bottom, like holding yourself accountable. It's okay to fail. It's great to fail. That's how we learn. Oh, yes. It's okay to be incorrect. That's how we understand people. There is no perfection. Perfection doesn't, uh, doesn't occur. It will nope. never occur. So it's a full idea that we have in our minds. It's been implanted deep into our oh. this perfect person. By all means. I'm here, um, my name is Tanya. <laughs> she, her, ella. I am not perfect. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am not perfect. I, I make mistakes constantly. And actually, that's the best thing you can show and teach your chil- children and model to your children. I make mistakes. I will apologize. I will recover from it. And here it is. This is the solution I'm going to do. And maybe in a week, I'm going to make the same mistake. But I'm going to apologize and I'm going to do this. And this is the actions I'm going to take. So I don't make the same mistake. We have different spectrums of how we learn too, right? Some people make five mistakes before they learn it. Some people make one mistake and they're like, ah, I got burned. No more, (laughs) right? And and that's another spectrum. Like we all have different levels of how many times we'll make a mistake into this engraving our head. Okay, I got it. I got it. But it's okay. That's who you are. Right. Tanya, you bring up a great point about modeling and that comes down to the gender modeling for our children. So our children are learning from us. If they're seeing us talk to some and another adult of, well, I don't know. I don't know why you use those pronouns. Those pronouns don't make sense. You look like a girl. Why don't you yeah. use a girl? Why do you use he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what our children soak up. Right. That person's not okay. They're different than what it is. The kids are learning from us. It I starts know. with us. We're the vessel that carries them if we carried them. If we didn't carry them, we're the vessel of knowledge that they're getting everything from, from the very beginning. Yes. They're spending time with us. They're seeing our interactions. They're mimicking those first eight years of their life. Yes. You're building all of these neuron pathways that help connect them to people in society, social, emotional, emotional, physical, mental, all of this comes into play. So we have to practice as parents how we would like our children to interact with individuals. If an individual says, hi, my name's Shakira. I use they, them pronouns. Yeah. Wow. Question it. You don't. Don't invalidate it. You don't ask why. You accept it and you go, yeah, great. Thank you for telling me your pronouns. That's amazing. My name is, and I use. Exactly. And it's not right and wrong. It's it's respecting our differences. It's respecting our differences. And it's not about, okay, it's about, it's like when we lie, right? It's not about don't lie. It's your model not lying. You must yes. not lie. So all this is learned. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey see, monkey do, right? So it's really important to model all these behaviors. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about the gender, uh, unisex bathrooms, and uh, how is that for your family? And uh, why is it important? Because uh, you mentioned the, the pyramid. Um, and one of the things that we all need as human beings, all need as human beings, is the feeling of belonging. The feeling of belonging. No matter what, it doesn't matter. You don't need to explain anything. It feel that you belong just as you are, with no explanation, yes. right? So tell yes. me how how you your family deals with the uh, the bad bathrooms, uh, neutral bathrooms. 
the UNICEF not having it? Yes, great question. And I can say that we're not in a lot of public bathrooms because of the pandemic. So okay. I'll speak on my experience just having the unisex bathrooms. Yeah. Bottom line, we all need to eliminate whether it's urine or feces, we all need to eliminate. It's <laughs> not gender-based, right? Ooh. We're all having process. This is how our body works. This is a space that we go to eliminate. This yeah. isn't a space that needs to shame and guilt us into our identity of who we are. So again, a bathroom is a place to eliminate, not a place to shame an individual for choosing who they would like to be. So I think all bathrooms should be gender neutral. I think there's this huge stereotypical stigmatism that if there's a female identified body going into a male identified bathroom, that causes an issue because our society sexualizes it. Yes. Another podcast. Hold yes. another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> okay, we're, so we're, podcast. Right, we're writing this down. We're writing it. Okay, you're coming back. You're coming back. You're full of knowledge. So many podcasts. So I I really think that, again, the gendered bathrooms or the sexed bathrooms, not even gendered, gender is played into it. The sexed bathrooms is for a comfortability of society based on capitalism. Yes. So again, this comes all back to the system that was built many, many years ago that works not for anybody right now, unless you are not a person of color and have money. Again, another podcast. Another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For the gendered bathrooms, it's a space to eliminate. There's no need to put a label on it. You just need to have a privacy door with a lock and a a toilet. It doesn't even have to flush. It could be compostable. It could be a hole. It doesn't matter. And a place to wash your hands. That's all that you need to suffice a bathroom to do the duties that you need to do in the bathroom correct so again for us it's that's how cedar is going to be raised we all go to the bathroom it's okay to poop it's okay to fart it's okay to pee like we're gonna have that celebration of oh my body is working yeah it's doing what it needs to do in order to know that i'm healthy yeah well now we have to go in the girls quotation bathroom yeah yeah and we have to use a girls quotation toilet yes yes it's a toilet there's no gender or sex Mm -hmm. on the toilet Yep. Anybody can use a toilet. Yep. Yep. There are certain accommodations that are needed for individuals that may have a disability. Yeah. And that's again something different. So you want to make it all inclusive. Include everyone in there. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. Celebrate your bathroom. Celebrate your body. Thank you, body, for digesting yeah. my food. And you and you said it, Shakira, very well. Uh it's not about it's not about what's good and wrong. And it's about not talking the talk. Oh, I'm inclusive. I'm diverse. I'm talking the talk. It's about walking the talk. It's yes, walking. That's a great point. And making mistakes it's, is in the process. That doesn't mean if you want to walk the talk, doesn't mean you're going to be perfect at it, like you said. Right. We're going to make mistakes in the process, and you have to be kind to yourself. I made a mistake. Okay. Yes. Let's resolve this. Let's resolve yes. this. And, and you bring up a great point again, Tanya, that there's a lot of tokenism in our society of, well, I'm gender inclusive. Oh. We have an individual that's non binary on our team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that individual of, that is non binary does that individual have any kind of power or do you just have that person on your team to say we're gender inclusive yeah oh yeah again it is walking the walk it is not just talking about it it is not just reading about it it is doing something what are you doing to be inclusive what are you doing in your household to include social justice and equity and diversity what do your books look like 
What does the talk that you have, the language in your house, what are your children exposed to? How do you address individuals that you come in contact with? How do you talk to yourself? So even as parents, how we talk to ourselves, we're not going to be like, oh my goodness, what is this? This is a mess. I'm a disgrace. Like This is disgusting. I'm depressed. Oh, I'm like, nobody can look at me. Oh, I'm terrible. No, no, we all have, we all have biases. We all have biases. Yes. And we, we all have them. We accept the the fact that we all have biases and we all come from a culture that has been uh, indoctrinated to be a certain way. From a winner's yes. point of view, I conquer, I did this, so therefore this is how things are going to go. Yes. From this perspective, right? No, there's a bunch of us out there <laughs> and we need to <laughs> be able to uh, serve and really walk the, uh, walk the talk and really work on being inclusive, being creating a safe, brave space for all of our people in the tables, right? Yes. Uh, and that's really important. What books, resources books. Okay. you recommend? So, Tell us. Yes, so there's a couple books. So one of these books that I've been reading to Cedar is since they were in utero. So I Like Myself by Karen Beaumont. And this is, yes, yes, we do a lot of bilingual books. I recommend this book because it boosts up self-confidence and shows in the face of society, especially this American society we're in right now, of being yourself, no matter what self that shows up for, you that shows up that day to be you are yourself so again that's non-gendered it goes through it is bilingual um i'm curious to see this is another one of my experience experiments is curious to see how this plays into cedar's life as they grow and their self-confidence and self-esteem of who they are mm-hmm. and then another book we have so many books so oh, i will send yes. you a list of those we please, have so many books please, another book i'll share is julian is a mermaid and it's by jessica love yes. we promise we'll add pictures in the website the yes i'll send you pictures websites. yes please because all oh, the pictures are beautiful. If you can all see these pictures are beautiful. And this story is about an individual who is who identifies differently than what they were born. So they want to dress in these amazing gowns and they see these mermaids and they want to dress in these amazing gowns, but they're told that they can't or they're shamed in a way that they can't because that they are male body parted. Uh, and so in the book, it shows that their abuela comes and says, okay, let's do this. And the abuela has an understanding for how this individual wants to identify. And this is a young individual. So Again, we're seeing even younger in our culture, individuals identifying with who they feel they are at the mm-hmm. very beginning. Yes. And so again, the biggest thing I can say to parents is this is not a phase. Like yeah. validate, please validate, validate your child for how they're feeling and how they're showing you they feel, even if it's different from yours and showing them that the differences are okay. Don't hold them in a bubble and keep them tightly protected no. with bubble wrap and say, this is the only no. way. Like you only get one choice None. that limits the individual. So yeah. allow them to expand and explore and just Give them opportunity, like create the opportunity and space for them to be who they're going to be and sit back and watch this, see how it turns into something that you never expected. We can have these imaginations and these ideas of how we want quotations our kids to be. But in the end, we don't have control nope. of it. They are an individual. They are a human. Talk to them like a human. They, yep. they are another being. You exactly. created this being. You've brought this being. You've raised yep. this being. They owe you nothing, yep. yet they have everything to give in life. Oh, and there's yes. so many things that I personally have learned from just watching Cedar of like, oh, I need to take a deeper look at that. Yes. Whoa, this thought's coming up. Or um, I don't like the way I said that. I'm right. gonna look at that. Make mistakes as parents. Yeah, it's it's growing together. And the, the thing is, I always like to point out is 
is that we as parents are the gardeners, not the carpenters. We are here to provide a safe, safe brain space for our children and provide them with whatever nutrition they need to be their, their full authentic self and whatever they decide to be. And, uh, it, and it's important to create that space for them that they can be whoever they need to be. And you know what it is that makes us, you know, all, when we when we are trying to parent our children from the point of view of fear, right? Yes. Overprotect them, be a landmore parent. We need to have a playing field completely safe of harm and mistakes so that they do not suffer and they're not unhappy. No, we're 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 like taking legs and and arms from them and not letting them be in their full potential. We need to allow them to make mistakes. We need to allow them to to explore whoever they need to explore. They need to be who they need to be. And we have a saying in in Mexico: Your kids are not yours. They're alone to you. They're alone yes. to you. I never got that. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> Right, because then we want to make whatever we didn't accomplish, we want to make sure they accomplish it. They, we want this. Uh, and oh, if you don't behave this way, they're going to treat you this way. And, and one of my biggest mistakes as a parent of color immigrant is that I will sometimes find myself telling this to my children. You need to work three times harder than your white friends. You need to work three times. But no, that's wrong. You need to be who you need to be. And the world yes. needs to understand that you belong just the way you are. Yes. Right? And I think you bring up another point that children are not property. Yeah. You do not have children to have property. They're not something that you can use to get ahead in life. They're no! something that creates and makes life even more beautiful. Oh. And so like that, that whole example that you used of your children of color having to work three times harder that again comes from our own experience. So all of us parents are coming in with our own experience. Yeah. We get to decide what story we tell our children. Yes. We know what our story is. And so being able to identify, oh, that's my piece. Like that's yeah. from my life. I'm not going to put that on you because no. now I'm putting the stress and pressure on you. Exactly. And now I'm creating the expectation that you should be this way. Exactly. It's the same as society putting the gender expectation exactly. on them. So again, it's taking, being able to step back and go, okay, that's mine. That's not yours. Yep. This, I have an anxiety and fear and naming it, like show our children, our emotions, yeah. like, Hey, I'm having really hard anxiety and I'm, I'm having a challenge right now and some frustration of my anxiety because this was my experience. Yep. I get to know you as this person instead exactly. of this adult straight age, straight laid edge figure that exactly. this is my parent. I know nothing about them, Yeah. but this is my parent. Like, yep. This is my parent and this is where they struggle and it's okay to show emotion and it's exactly. okay to tell your story and you get to decide you share yeah. it with you get to decide who's in your bubble that's the exactly. again another podcast <laughs> i know i know <laughs> we need to break the cycle it's exactly. it's uncomfortable if it's uncomfortable there's great pieces to it. it and i would challenge you to look at those pieces that are causing discomfort and ask why are you uncomfortable with us yes. why where is it coming from what part of your experience what kind of negative experience has impacted you that causes that discomfort Shakira, tell us a little bit about your story and how did you came across the co-op co system and what has been your experience with the co-op system for both of you? We found the co-op uh, through Google and that was something that really attracted me to it because it was bilingual. So we are doing Spanish at home as well. And so that is something that's really important to me, especially from my uh, roots my Spanish roots is just to have that culture embraced within Cedar. And then also side story with that. I found, I knew I was pregnant when I was in Spain the last time I was in, and I found out when I came home. So that Barcelona and Stiges especially holds a really special place in my heart that that's where Cedar started to bloom and blossom and became part of my system as well as creating their own. 
So I love the co-op and the inclusivity. And that's what really drew us to it is the bilingual, the inclusivity, and just having that community feel. It takes a village oh, yeah. to raise the child. And in the pandemic, we haven't had our village. And so oh, it was yeah. reaching out, trying to find how we can have this village. And our experience at the co-op has been amazing. Like the people are inclusive and so knowledgeable and open to learning as well. And the resources that we've gathered from the co-op have been endless. So oh. I would encourage anyone to look into it, that it really allows a child the freedom to build. I see Cedar building every day. Uh, our instructor has sent videos and we do the video every night after dinner. They do their songs and they repeat their songs throughout the day because of the co-op and the influence that Spanish has had to support at home. They're able to speak Spanish at 13 months. So we're getting Spanish and English and just a lot of movement and songs. And you'll be wearing Cedar all along. Oh, that's only sleeps if I wear them. (laughs) Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Shakira, for being here. You. I really appreciate your knowledge, bringing this subject that's really important to our society and providing with all these amazing resources. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tanya, for having us. And thank you to the North Seattle College Co-op. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you like the podcast, please share it with your family and friends. We also have an online class that's enrolling now. This online class is for co-op families, a class that focuses on helping you get your children ready to return to school. For current and alumni families, tools, resources, and community to support you as you prepare your children and family transitioning back to in-person learning. The online class will be in Zoom meetings. And we have two amazing instructors, Beth and Mara. Beth and Mara. And it's they're amazing. The tuition is $85 for five credit class. For a five credit class. What a deal. What a good deal. Plus a 35 technology fee. But that is not much for five credit class at a college. Please join us and look for more information on our website and you will find it in the Cooperative Preschool website. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Visit our website for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about our upcoming events. See you next time.